0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of
1: Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Take your shoes off. Take your hat off. Your coat. Off, drop them on the coat rack go over to the dining room table here if you got any snacks you brought over that's where we're going to put them for now give willow a scritch on the head and come on into the living room because sitting by the fireside here today it is our very good friend another good friend from across the pond i got uk fever after coming back for money in the bank it is stephanie chase stephanie thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me here today
2: hey nick thank you for inviting me into your house
1: you're welcome, man, and thank you all for inviting me into your house. Uh, things are pretty chill on the other side of the pond. I'm not gonna lie, you guys are a lot more low key than here in the states. Really? How? How so? I don't know. It's just everybody's nicer. You
2: think? <laughs> yeah. I think everyone. I think everyone's nicer when I go to America. Really? Is it? Just yeah. Because you,
1: is it like you spend too much time in one place? You go somewhere else, and it just feels different and
2: better. Is that what it is? I don't know. I think I find like America friendlier. Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm surprised. Really? Yeah.
1: Everybody, everybody everybody in London was really lovely. They were very nice to me, and I was uh, very impressed with the local police. They were really. I saw saw a lot of like negotiating going on on the sidewalk, whereas Uh, it would have been uh, like it would have been arrests here in America. But there's a lot of polite. Talking, I noticed amongst police and and different people on the side of the road. It was a very different tone. I'll put it that way.
2: That that would be the difference would be our police. Yeah. Like I saw a police officer last night chasing this young man and he was like so aggressively chasing him. And like they have a whole like dodging thing going on. And I don't know if he caught him. But I saw the young man ten minutes later, back with his friends, standing outside the pub. So maybe he caught him, and there was a negotiation. But yes. no arrest was made. That's all I know. Yes, every see that's what I'm saying is like it was a very it was a very chill, polite vibe. I had
1: a lot yeah. of people because I was telling because you know I, we're not going to get into it here. But I got arrested once in in college when I went to Madison, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. I didn't do anything, and that's the the truth. But anyway, dumb cops picked me up. I'm telling these stories, and they're all like, "Man, you got to try really hard over here to get arrested. Like, you got to really, you got to really, really want to do something to go out there and get arrested." And it's easier here in the states. That's all.
2: Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I'm I'm very scared of getting arrested in the states. I wouldn't be scared of any police officer here.
1: Yeah, well, talk to Effie. Fifteen, man. Look, we're going. (laughs) This is not the direction I thought this show was going to go here today. We're going to jump off. Hey, but if you are enjoying the show here today, it is because you are watching us first and foremost. First release, first run over on Premier Streaming Network, Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. Head over to Premier Streaming Network. You're going to be able to find me, great co hosts like Stephanie, another great UK co host. We had Kenny McIntosh on here recently, Sean Ross Sap, Dave Meltzer. They've all been a part of the show. And now we do guests uh, on most of the shows now, I'd say, uh, pretty much here on the show. So, for example, today, later on, you're going to get to hear me and Beer City Bruiser. He's a former Ring of Honor talent. Um, He's been around the business for two decades now, or more than two decades, I would guess. Uh, I met him when I was working as a manager here in in the Chicagoland area. He hasn't been a part of the new Ring of Honor product, and I've been wondering why. And I found out recently, uh, he got hip replacement surgery, long time coming. Uh, Everybody's giving him the room to breathe. We ran an update on Bruiser this past uh, Friday on the site. If you go to HouseOfWrestling.com, you saw ahead of time what you're going to hear today. But this is the full 20-minute conversation, not just about how the surgery went, also what's next for him, uh, everything in between. I don't know if you're a Beer City Bruiser fan, but he's a great guy, Stephanie. So. Yeah,
2: he seems like a great guy.
1: Very nice. Very huggable, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Real he's chesty. got that He's got that aura, that teddy bear aura.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll get drunk and I'll kind of beat this dude up, but then, like, let's snuggle later. That's, that's definitely <laughs> – Oh, yeah. That's the bruiser right there. Um, And, of course, go visit HouseOfWrestling.com. Man, we have seen some record – traffic on the site recently i want to thank everybody uh, so much for that uh, all right let's get to it here you all came for the news let's give you some uh it has been since thursday since we talked last and man a lot has happened let's start with of course some cm punk news first of all wade keller over and torch reporting that cm punk is taking a lot of pride and putting his stamp of approval on the collision product uh not just in the ring also behind the scenes where he's actively trying to mend fences and create a more positive atmosphere and everybody seems to think that despite a couple people who don't want to get on board quite yet, things de- appear to be moving in the right direction. Uh, so let's start there. Stephanie, what's your vibe on Collision and CM Punk uh, so far as we're about a month into this experiment mm. so far?
2: I really love Collision a lot. It's, it's like my kind of show. It feels like dynamite, but Kind of with like a lot of the like fat removed, you know, the kind of stuff that I'm not that into kind of being like kicked out of it. But I think he's done a great job with the people that he's selected. And I know it felt at the beginning it was very like Island of Misfit Toys vibe, but he's doing a really good job like rehabbing them, you know, Ricky Starks. Gained so far in this tournament i think that's a very important thing because i think some of the stuff he did recently wasn't very good um when he was so hot like at the end of last year and at the beginning i think he got sucked into some stuff that kind of lowered his stock so i think punk is kind of working on that which is a a nice little subtle like maybe dig at other people you know (laughs) to get someone like ricky over The big thing for me was this week. If Hobbs is done with QT QTV, then I think that's a great idea. Um, um, I was there when that started, and it was shocking in a bad way. It's just shocking that anyone had that idea. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's there's so much. Talent in Hobbs, and he was doing the book of Hob stuff, which was really intriguing and you know serious. And then it was just such a wild, like sharp turn that they took with how he eventually got the TNT title. So I think that Punk is doing a good job with picking some guys that he can kind of rehab, showcase better. I think Jay White's been used better since he hooked up on Punk show. I think you know FTR are doing well, um even the House of Black as well. I can understand why they want to be there. So I think he's at least. Creating
1: a nice little happy family. Yeah, I, man, Julia Hart had never looked better. That was easily yeah. my favorite Julia Hart match this past week. I don't remember the name of of the the woman she was in there with that blonde woman, but she was great for her role. Yeah, she was so good. I would I would like to see more of her, and I really wish I could remember her name right now. But I'm with you. I, I really like Collision, and the the thing is, I think it feels like a more polished mainstream show that doesn't take yeah. as many doesn't take as many chances or risks. Maybe yeah. as Dynamite does. And I don't want that to come across as like wrong, but they're running mm. plays, especially right out of the gate, that they know are yeah. winning plays. They're like, here are yeah. storylines to work. And one thing I definitely noticed between collision and dynamite, and you say trim out the fat, whatever. Dynamite has these like backstage vignettes where it seems as if the guys have had like maybe 10 seconds of like, Hey, we're gonna do this, let's go, right? It's kind of yeah. mi- sometimes it works, sometimes it's a little stilted, whatever. You would never see that on collision. Every no. vignette, every promo has like the perfect lighting, the perfect camera angle. It may not be scripted, but there was certainly like thought and work that went into like every little moment of that show. It feels to yeah. me, it's weird because I didn't quite know how to explain the difference. And I was like, it feels it doesn't quite feel like an indie vibe on Dynamite. And then I was like, Oh, I know what it is. It's WCW, right? It yeah. Is, It's like Collision is kind of the WWE type. Like it's an edgier WWE. And I think Dynamite is just more like WCW at its arguably its best, but still more WCW. So that's, that's an observation.
2: Collision seems so much more focused and maybe it's because they are, they've picked some guys to focus on, but it seems a lot like that. And I, I love Dynamite. You know, it's still my favorite show. But there is sometimes I'm watching it and I'm like, guys, just stop. Like, it's this is not SNL or something. Please, yeah. <laughs> like, leave it out. And that's I do kind of, see. That's kind of WCW, right? Where Kevin Nash yeah.
1: would show up and he'd be like, oh, I found a bucket. Let's do a funny thing with the luchadors in this bucket, yeah. right? You know, like whatever. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I, th- I think that if Pug is, you know, behind collision i think i'm definitely on the same page as him as what a wrestling show should be like there's also a slight retro feel with you know the opening talking before the before you hear elton john you know they like telling you what's coming up but it's not retro in like a nwa way but just like those subtle bits that are very good i think yeah
1: yeah no uh, agreed and it sounds as if it's resonating right now it did almost a million viewers here for week one It kind of dwindled down to week three to about a half million viewers. Now, that was a taped episode. We're a couple Mm -hmm. hours away here as we record from getting the viewership from Collision this past week. But I'm anticipating some kind of bounce back here. I mean, especially with the Punk-Joe match that has been so heavily hyped, And Bullet Club FTR tore the house down. That was a very, very good tag match as well. I'm sure it grabbed some people. But Warner Brothers Discovery, based on what Fightful's saying, would consider Saturday night to win as long as the show can place in the top five cable originals. That's a little different than overall viewership. They just want to see that of all the shows on Saturday night, this is a top five type show. That's a number they can tout around. I think that's a much, it, it just kind of changes, I guess the way people perceive the success or not of the show. It's not just about like a certain number. It's about a ranking more or less. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's good. It was always going to do a huge number first week and that was always going to drop, but I think we need to like have realistic expectations for it. And obviously Warner Brothers are Investing a lot in in AEW, so it, it's good if they're looking at that it being in the top five. It's a good yeah. spot.
1: Well, uh, hopefully, good viewership success here. Punk, according to WrestleNomics, is the number one merch seller for AEW at the moment. Also, good for Punk. Uh, yeah. And lastly, here this fightful note that uh, a lot of people grabbed up was that Punk apparently doing all the best he can to mend fences. He finds out Brian Danielson goes down at Forbidden Door. Man, you guys, you guys over at a, a Blackpool Combat Club, you're short a man against the elite. You know what? I'm more than happy to jump in. Why don't you put me in a cage where violence is of the utmost importance with the young bucks? Let's do it. Let's do it. Guess what? Was it was not reciprocated. Did not get received. A source, a source close to the situation said neither team would want him. But here it was. Hey, Phil Brooke extending the olive branch. Guys, you know what? If you are if we're going to commit violence, I'd love to be a part of it. Shockingly, they didn't want anything to do with that stuff.
2: Punk is absolutely hilarious. That's why that's why he's the greatest person ever. He's hilarious. If he said that, he knew everyone was going to say no. But he can be the guy that asked. And I love that. I would do that, too. That's just so funny. What a play.
1: Uh, what a yeah. play. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know where this is all going to go. Right. I keep saying, let's wait till the end of the year because it doesn't seem, to, I mean, it doesn't seem to get any better. Does it? Yeah. No. At least with these, cause I, cause I've talked to a couple of the wrestlers in the past month. There definitely seems to be guys that are much happier being a dynamite or collision guy. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, that whole divide has diffused and people are, people are picking sides. They either want to be on Saturdays. They want to be on Wednesdays, you know, um, not everybody's getting to pick, but I think the top players that you're seeing on your TV have made the decision on yeah. which show that they would like to be on. You know, um, but man, that's you can only do that so long, and it doesn't seem like at its core the elite and the punk things getting any better. Then we throw on top of this here another report from Fightful. Great job, Sean. Good twenty four for you. Colt Cabana was backstage at this past Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite. He was a producer coach. It was not made clear which matches and or segments Cabana had a hand in helping with. And we do not know if this is a temporary decision, but it, it appears Cabana is going to be around more often. And it's it, any time I hear a Cabana story these days, Stephanie, it's just he's used like such a little pawn. I feel like, yeah. you know, they just he gets moved <laughs> into a place to, to, to create or uh, the, the vibe around him. I don't know. It, it, it does. It, I don't know. I don't even know what to make of this story. I'm Do so you think
2: do you think Colt Kamana truly believes any of these men are his friends? Because it he is just brought out when necessary, you know, such as that one match he had on dynamite that we've all forgotten about. And it's like once that ends, who's concerned with Colt Kamana until the next time? Like it's so it's so silly. Like, I don't want to say uh you know, why Why bother? But it's it just feels like he is used as some kind of pawn. If he's on Dynamite, then we're not getting Punk on Dynamite. Good for Punk, I guess. He's got his collision show. But I think like what you were saying before, this whole real divide like can't last. And I think, you know, even if Punk finds a way to work it out with the elite, there's always going to be someone gunning for punk in that company because he just creates that you know especially when he's successful and especially when you kind of have that feeling that even though he didn't start with AEW, it is still kind of all about punk and maybe always has been is always the vibe that i get but all I could say is, if on the off chance that Colt Cabana is watching, he—they're all not your friends, Colt. Like, See, they're I, not I, your friends.
1: I don't. But Steph, I, I, with Stephanie, I don't, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want to know if I would have questioned a friendship because if these guys are not actually his friend, why did they all go to bat for him, <laughs> right? Like the whole, like if they, if they don't care about Scott Colton,
2: why yeah. When they
1: got, why when they got wind that or for whatever or, or Scott came to them and said. Punk doesn't want me here. I think Punk tried to get me fired. Why do all these people who have contracts that are exponentially larger than his go to bat and, like, allow this to become a problem? I don't understand mm-hmm. that, you know, because if they're mm-hmm. not his friends and they don't care, why would they do that? I I have I think there's like a, a, a little cabal there of like I think they've all kind of got each other's backs in a little way part of me thinks it goes back to the Indies because I think a lot of these guys believe that without cabana and his t-shirt business, they'd also be living in studio apartments. So I don't know, but I, I, I would dispute a bit that they're not his friends because if they weren't, why would they go to bat like this? I don't understand it. You know,
2: I feel like some of them definitely, I think the bucks probably do like him and do respect him. And I think other people, because of his history of punk, they don't like Punk. He's kind of an easy person to be like, "Hey, do you think Punk's messing with this guy, or Punk is messing with this guy?" You know, let's put that out there. But I think he is a little bit of a of a pawn in like this larger game.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I don't get yeah. it. Like, how does a pawn? How is a pawn? I don't want to say the king, because the king's most. He's like a how he, he's like taking on queen status, right? Right, yeah. Like, I don't know how a pawn becomes a queen on a table, unless it runs the table, I guess. And you can flip it over, make it a queen. Anyway, this is real chess and nerdy. I'm getting on it. <laughs> all right. Um, bottom, line, bottom line, just as things are getting going, I take it you understood what I was talking about there, right? Anyway. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Everybody go play some chess today. It's good for your brain. All right. But anyway, the bottom line here. Just as things are going great, we get this awesome report. Everybody's moving in the right direction. Punk is back. Also, in the same breath, so is Colt Cabana. And so the game the game continues here. The,
2: the queen, uh, the I really hope yeah. everyone doesn't hit me for saying people might not really be Colt Cabana's friends. But <laughs> it's just... Hey.
1: I can see why you'd have the observation. I, I just, as somebody who watches it so closely, again, it's like, why would you go to bat so hard for this guy if it wasn't personal? You know, unless you have, like, such an animus to punk that you're willing to make Scott Colton a pawn
2: that you can use. I'd to say beat. that one. <laughs> you think it's the latter? You think those guys were so, – I man, not, 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 not – Th- not not the Bucks are Kenny, but I think okay. other other people that like might slightly be like, hey, this Colt Cabana guy, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. We
1: can use him to rile up Punk, and then we'll get what we want. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do. Makes me want to grab my red string and thumbtacks, you know? <laughs> Just go full Charlie Day on the on the wall here. Okay. Um Month's back, man is back. One other person that can be back in the ring in six weeks, according to Doc Sampson, on her vlog. Thunder Rosa had him on. Thunder Rosa could be back in action here in six weeks. Does that move you any way or another? Are you a big Thunder Rosa fan or not?
2: I want to see her back. Yeah, definitely. I think she's got some unfinished business. Um, I think she was really good. There's, you know, more like controversy with her. I guess. I guess she'll be a collision girl. If she comes back, and um, right. yeah, I think that would be really cool. And I do, I do want to see her back, and I want to see her like do great things in wrestling, and not just be thought of like the all-access version of Thunder Rosa and that kind of whole story. You
1: know? Man, they just buried her, right? It is like Collision is the yeah,
2: Collision I mean, is the Island of Misfit Toys, really. really buried her on that show like that was the funniest thing about this that show that all this drama was going on but yet the only thing they could talk about was like making thunder rosa look bad like why wasn't colt cabana a main character on all access they could have followed the story of colt cabana (laughs)
1: hey give me a call guys we could have had some fun right i mean we could have made real television people would have that would have been real
2: tv yeah
1: Uh, For sure. Well, yeah, but it is like collision. So obviously the island of misfit toys. And what I kind of love, what I kind of love about it is like, I I feel bad for all of their personal feelings. I feel great for their therapist bottom lines. But what (laughs) I love about it is when there's this much like personal, like, you screwed me, I want to prove you wrong. I want to do better. All of these misfits are getting together and they're going to just genuinely try to produce a better product than and gets it done yeah. on Wednesday and vice versa. And that's good for fans, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They're all, you know, people like um, Andrade and Miro kind of have things to prove as far as if they maybe felt that they weren't being treated as well as they should be, like they have the perfect opportunity to do it in collision yeah. and, you know, to do it for the fans as well and give us an even better show. So like we, we always win. The fans always win, no matter what goes on. Man, sometimes,
1: not always. Like there was the dog food stuff with Roman Reigns. I don't think anybody won with that. Oh no, right? no. Well, that's
2: WWE though. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sure
1: sure I could find some. I'm sure there's (laughs) AEW wrestle crap by this point. Like, I don't even, there's probably like thousands of hours of AEW dark evolution where they just got weird with it and nobody paid any attention,
2: you know? Well, I think that was most of the the dark commentary. It's just them getting weird with it because no one's paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys,
1: I'm going to order a pizza while this match is going on right now. (laughs) Yes, I want pineapple on it. Oh, controversy. Anyway. (laughs) I like these next two stories here because they're a great representation of how popular pro wrestling is at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And I've gotten some heat on... I didn't know that if you say nice things about wrestling on Twitter, people go absolutely apeshit, Stephanie. It's crazy. It's wild. If you're like, wow, this is really good, people are like, you're a fucking chill. I hate you. Eat shit. CM Punk, you and CM Punk, you're the problem. Whatever. It's crazy, man. But we do have good news in the world of pro wrestling. The Wrestling Observer saying AEW All-In from Wembley Stadium later this summer, currently has 75,030 tickets out. And this was as of last Friday, so I'm sure it's gone up. This has been like four or five days. Uh, They're about uh, 68,000 paid, current gate of 8.6 million. As of now, it is the seventh largest pro wrestling attendance in history. If they can move around 6,000 more tickets, which they have the ability to do because they're open up to like 87,000 it will take the top spot for the largest attendance for a pro wrestling event ever. And if it does more than like 80,200, which is what they did at SummerSlam 92, it'll break the UK record for attendance as well. Basically WWE is worried. They could be losing some, some attendance records here, Steph. It sounds like, you know?
2: Yeah. I think they're right to be worried. I think that all in, is 100% breaking the attendance record. All these, you know, stats on All In are with no card whatsoever. Um, Hopefully, like, the card starts to take shape soon. But people are buying tickets based on nothing, just that it's a huge AW event in Wembley. Um, And it's absolutely wild. Like, even I'm stunned at how many tickets they've managed to shift. And I can only imagine that they will break all those records easily. Man. Eighty-seven thousand. If eighty-seven thousand seated,
1: then you have yeah. like concessions, people, security. Yeah, you got over a hundred thousand people that you're going to put together in one place for a wrestling show. That's like a, That's a major city. <laughs> like, yeah, you have colonized at that
0: point. You know,
2: it's so wild. Like when I was at Money in the Bank, I was thinking this is huge. And then how many times this is Wembley going to be, I don't think we're going to be able to like comprehend how many people are in there till we're there. And it's, it's completely wild that especially with you just, you know, you just see a lot more WWE around in the world, especially over here than, than AEW, even though they've started advertising all in, but To think that they've sold that many tickets is absolutely crazy and just wait till they announce whatever matches they're going to.
1: I don't think it's crazy. AEW fans are completely insane. I mean, if they I've said it
2: before, I've said it again.
1: If they find out they could be part of breaking some crazy AEW record or being part of some crazy AEW moment, they'll mortgage their house. They, yeah. are, they are all in. They are literally all in. They have invested their entire lives into making sure this thing is a success. It's, it's a real, it's a movement, which is for better or worse, you know, what it is, you know, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, in WWE world, man, they got some good news too. Uh, of course, they came over and, you know, broke all these records with Money in the Bank in London. But WrestleNomics here uh, saying the bloodline drew more than 3 million fans for the second quarter hour of WWE SmackDown. Overall, this past Friday, SmackDown pulled an average of Two million five hundred sixty-one thousand viewers, up two percent from the week prior, with about nine hundred eighty-six thousand viewers in the key demo. That's up ten percent. Mind you, that quarter hour—I think they did one point two million just in the key demo, which means more wow. people just in the key demo watched the entirety of any other, like it was NXT Dynamite. It maybe not, definitely not more than Raw, but any uh, just in that demo—that's incredible. Most viewed episode of SmackDown since June 2nd and garnered the most key demo viewers since December 25th, 2020, featuring NFL lead in, excluding that episode. This was the most viewed episode in that key demo since March 20th, 20. You gotta go back three years oh, to, wow. to find a number like this. And and it's even more amazing when you take into account how many people are like cutting the cord and not watching TV anymore,
2: you know? Yeah, it's wild. No, it's completely wild. This bloodline stuff is really hitting. Like it's it's um I'm so glad that they've just kept going with it because it's working and it's not even dropping viewership or anything. Um so it's really cool. I actually I really love the bloodline stuff. I just I've waited I feel like I waited so long for them to tell a long term story that no matter like how long this goes on, I just have to like root for it because they're actually, you know, sticking with something. Uh, for once, they're sticking with it and it's working. So good for them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, as Roman is looking for new opponent, man, Drew McIntyre's never looked better. I mean, mm-hmm. I was watching Raw last night and holy hell, that guy! I mean, he felt like a huge deal at Money in the Bank. He still feels like a big deal, you know.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, he'd be. He would be good for Roman as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. So. Uh, well, uh, anything can happen here in a couple months because Survivor Series is coming to my backyard of Chicago, November 25th. It is the third. the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which is the same Saturday that I would- I'm would. i sure Tony Khan would love to run Collision because, you know, this is his big to-do, right? He runs Chicago during Thanksgiving weekend. He makes a big deal about it, how much he loves the city. Of course, WWE is going to come in with one of their huge tent pole events, drop it right in the middle of TK's party. Isn't that wonderful? Is that nice of him?
2: I love this because the past two years, I've been to that Thanksgiving Dynamite in Chicago um, because my my birthday is November 20th. So that's always been my birthday present to go to that Dynamite in Chicago. So now will I get to go to a Dynamite, a collision, the Survivor Series or do you think they'll hold off collision? Oh, no way. You run. I
1: mean, wow. Do you run collision head to head with Survivor Series in Chicago?
2: Be brave, but I'd like it.
1: And maybe I guess it would make more sense why they're running Allstate if they thought that was a possibility. I I still and I know they have a lot of history there. They did mania at Allstate and everything, but mm-hmm. it's not a new facility in the, it's not even in Chicago. It's out in Rosemont. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought they'd run something newer or bigger, but mm-hmm. I guess Tony's got them both locked down with Wind Trusted United. So um, mm.
2: Yeah. But no, I'm excited for that. Maybe I'll turn up at Survivor Series. I'd like that. What an
1: interesting thought. CM Punk runs United. Yeah. Vince and Hunter run Allstate. What happens? I do you turn? Do you flip back and? I mean, it's like a
2: flip back and forth kind of night, then, isn't it? At that point. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just. I, do you think Punk has the power in, in Chicago to draw his own house while
1: WWE are in the city? I think it's a really compelling story, and I think if they had time to build it. Uh, And do it kind of in a smart way I think there could be something there But again, we gotta make sure that nobody You know, tries to destroy anybody's career Secretly to Dave Meltzer in the next Three
2: months (laughs) (laughs) It's just like um, I feel they can, you know, they can get away With it, with, if they want to do A collision, not looking As, you know, bad as when WWE Like, come into their territory Because, like, they've been doing these Thanksgiving Dynamites in Chicago, and now they've got a Saturday show, but I think that's really interesting. I really hope they just want a collision at the same time as Survivor Series. I'll be so into that, um, wow. we'll see. I'm into it see, too. I'm CM Punk to versus Roman.
1: <laughs> I'm in, I love it, I think it's great. Oh man,
2: I hadn't even thought about it. I but it you happens. know what? If they don't, maybe Punk can at least go visit backstage in the, par- or, well, in the parking lot at Survivor Series. Hey, guys, this is
1: a real fun time trying to outdo each other tonight. Po- I- ice cream popsicle? Ice cream? Ice cream bar? Uh, I was going to talk about—we're we we're, we're short on time. I was going to talk about this rumored SummerSlam card. Honestly, it's all pretty—it's all pretty, like, you look at it, you're like, yep, that all makes sense. It's over on the site, House of Rossi. Go check it out. But the, the last item I wanted to bring up here, Reuters uh, reported this first yesterday. American senator—I don't know if there's other senators, but one of ours from New York— uh, Chuck Schumer— he is pushing the FDA now to investigate Logan Paul and KSI's Prime Energy drink. The basic problems here are, first of all, they market to kids, <laughs> as he thinks, and it has 200 milligrams of uh, caffeine in it, which is the same amount as six cans of Coke or a little about two Red Bulls in one can of Prime. And then I guess kids are drinking this and they're going batshit insane. <laughs> And it's a real problem and they're worried somebody's gonna die or something like that. And so this is this is big news here. It was all over it was all over the American news cycle yesterday. So
2: there you that go. sounds very worrying if it has that much caffeine in it. I wouldn't drink a single Red Bull, so I've never had prime. I felt very old when I found out about Prime. Uh it's, <laughs> it's not marketed to me, but I didn't even know there was caffeine in it, so I'm absolutely not gonna be drinking prime. Oh, well here, here's bad. there's
1: there's Prime, and then there's Prime Hydrate. And Prime Hydrate is like a sports drink that doesn't have any caffeine in it. Okay. The problem is, they're packaged virtually the same, and you can't yeah. really tell which one you're buying some of the time, I guess, if you don't know what's going on here. I don't drink any of these energy drinks, but whatever. No. And so, so they're worried that kids are going to drink these and go nuts batch, it and chain and all that type of stuff. It does sound like a problem. It kind of reminds me of, like, cigarettes, You know, where it's like, we didn't know how bad they were. and It was fine marketing them to kids for a while. And we were all like, hey, maybe Joe Campbell should go away, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no energy drinks for kids.
1: At this time, joining me here in the House of Wrestling living room, you've probably seen him on Ring of Honor TV or, you know, anywhere else on the Independence or around the world. It's our very good friend, the Beer City Bruiser. Bruiser, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Nick. Good to see you again.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's different, and I like this is so cordial. Back in the day, you were giving me choke slams; I couldn't walk the next day. It was a very different time in our lives.
0: It was a lot of fun, though.
1: Can Go I, si- can, I can I? Can I? Can I? Real quick, just ex- tell everybody: like the worst pain I've ever been in in my entire life was because Beer City Bruiser and a guy named Brandon Blaze gave me back-to-back double choke slams. Before I had, I, I'm still not trained, but I had definitely not had any training. I took the loosest back bump of all time. And (laughs) I just remember the next day was Super Bowl Sunday. And I just like, you know, like a Jim Carrey style rolling out of the bed and crawling along the floor to the couch kind of deal. It was painful, Matt. Yeah, I remember uh,
0: you said, well, how do I do this? And I said, don't worry, we'll get you flat. Just tuck your chin.
1: (laughs) You're like, okay. Got a big pop. Um, Well, Bruiser, I'm glad we're laughing here, man, and having a good time because it has been, uh, man, it's been a a little bit here for you right now. You just had hip replacement surgery. Um, Talk to everybody out there. Tell everybody uh, why you decided now was the time to have this done, how you're feeling the whole nine yards here.
0: So it all started uh, back in like 2013. I started having some lower back pain, which is normal for professional wrestlers. I mean, I don't know a wrestler that doesn't have lower back pain. And I went into my doctor and they did x-rays and she's like, you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon now. And I was like, okay. And the surgeon says, yeah, your, your right hip is dead. You're going to need hip replacement. I said, okay. I said, how long do I have? Cause I just signed with ringer. It was 2014, <laughs> late 15. And he says, you can probably get five years out of that hip, you know, before we have to do it. I said, okay, cool. So I, I talked to my wife and I said, you know, we just signed this contract like, I don't want to be that guy that signs a big contract and all of a sudden, you know, he's injury prone or gone. Sure. So I put it off and then I ended up staying with Ring of Honor for eight years and it just over time progressively got worse and worse and worse. And then when Ring of Honor shut down and eventually got resold and I was back on the Indies, it just got to the point where it was hard for me to move in just everyday life. Like I had a real bad limp. Um, I could only walk a couple feet and then I had to sit down everybody was asking me like when when are you getting that fixed and we financially did really well with our money my wife and I you know we saved some money and stuff and and I thought you know what now's the time because I'm making my own schedule um and and I got to give back to my family you know I've been doing this for 24 years they've been by my side the whole time and so I we found a surgeon here in North Carolina and we went in and it was funny so when I went in for the uh, imaging for the surgery, uh, the x-ray tech, she goes, oh, are you a paratrooper? I said, no, no. <laughs> she goes, oh, have you served in the Army for, like, a long time? I said, no, ma'am. She goes, are you a firefighter? I said, "No, nope, no." Nope. I go, I'm a professional wrestler. She goes, really? I said, yeah. She goes, this is the worst hip I've ever seen in someone your age. Wow. Um, that isn't a paratrooper. She compared it to, like, a paratrooper jumping out of a plane for 15 years. Wow, And then landing. And I was like, no, no, it's just, you know, wrestling. And so we scheduled the surgery and I had it on Wednesday, the 29th of June. And um, Thursday, sorry, Thursday, 29th of June. And the surgeon went in there and he's like, it'll only be about an hour surgery. Uh, It ended up being two hours. And the reason being is that when he went in, into the hip. So the best to describe it is everything in my right hip was completely dead. The bone, the labrum was gone. The uh, cartilage was gone. My femoral head was actually being absorbed into my pelvis bone. How
1: much pain were you in?
0: Oh, you you couldn't believe it. And so the doctor, he had said I had bone spurs on on the head of the femoral, which is normal for any type of breaks or stuff. When he went in there, the reason it took the extra hours, I had two particular bone spurs that were the size of his fist that were encapsulating the femoral head. And he had to take a chisel and chiseled them out because they couldn't move my leg to get the fake hip in. And he came out and told my wife, he goes, I'm surprised the way that hip was when we went in there, he goes, I'm surprised he walked in here this morning. He goes, and he wrestled when? And she goes, oh, Sunday was his last match. He goes, he wrestled on Sunday. She's like, yeah, he did, because uh, the Sunday before, I did a 20-minute tag match, and then the Saturday before that, I did a 40-minute long match with one of my students. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ, man.
0: And then, as you know, I was wrestling every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Monday, sometimes Thursdays. You know, I was doing everything I possibly could, because that's how, that's how we make money. Yeah. And the, the doctor just said, I cannot believe you were moving. He's like, I don't know how you were walking. And uh, I remember waking up from surgery and, and I looked at my wife She was high feel, and I says, you know what? I'm in pain, but it's a different kind of pain. It's a really good pain. And I was able to do stuff with my leg that I haven't been able to do in six years. And it was the greatest feeling in the world. It's painful. I'm, I'm in pain like right now, but it's that recovery pain. It's not the one before the hip. It was constant 24 seven pain. Just, moving hurt the only time i was comfortable really was maybe sitting in, in the chair i'm sitting in now but i'd constantly be shifting wow. and and i'd constantly be moving and stuff like that but um it, it's funny and brian malonis who you know obviously oh, yeah. we, we tagged in the ring of honor and he was there for the, that sunday because i don't know if it's my last match i don't know we have to see what what the future holds. So you're, I, so you're
1: so you're not confident you'll be able to wrestle again right now.
0: Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. So what I'm doing right now is I'm taking it by the doctor's orders because before when I tore my tricep, my ACL, it was always what can I do to get back in the ring. So I do shortcuts and I do accelerated PT and I do all this to get back in the ring. Well, I'm 44, gonna be 45 coming up now. Yeah, and like I said. I owe my wife and my kids. So I'm going to listen to the doctor. And and then when I asked the doctor, so, you know, will I be able to wrestle after this? He said to me, I honestly don't know. He goes, if you were a football player, a baseball player, just an average Joe, he'd say, yeah, that's it. You got, you're done. But he goes professional wrestlers. You guys are a different breed. He's like, you guys work with pain and broken bones and everything every day. I don't know he says, well, we'll have to see how it's fixed. And then you'll have to get in the ring and see what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I'll still be involved in wrestling because I'm training here in Winston Salem, North Carolina. I'm training uh, at an AML wrestling school and I'm also doing the production side of things. Um, so I'm helping agent matches. I've been producing matches and, and doing everything I can to, to use my brain, you know, cause, cause my body, if my body gives up, fine, my brain's still there and I'm still good at it, you know, yeah. and I, I'm able to, pay it forward. But I'm also able to teach these young kids, Hey man, if you're injured, listen to it. There's a difference between hurt and injured, you know, hurt. You can work through injured, get it looked at.
1: How, how hard was it for you to mask that pain? I mean, cause again, you, like you say, you, you signed with ring of honor, just as you're getting diagnosed with this, you'd spent a long time in independent wrestling before and knowing you and, and knowing you before ring of honor. I know how long you would work to get to that point. Once you're there, how is it you're just signing your first big contract and you're going through this? How are you masking that? How are you dealing with that at Ring of Honor?
0: In the beginning, it wasn't that bad. In the beginning, it was just normal aches and pains. Um, The pandemic shows is where it really started to factor in because we had taken the time off. So I think my body realized, hey, we're hurt more than we're hurt. And then we're in our hotel rooms for so long for the pandemic shows and there's, yeah. you can't do a lot of activity in your pan in your hotel room. And then we go wrestle and the way the wrestling was set up for that um, is we'd have morning shift and a night shift. Some shows you you know, some of the uh, matches are filmed in the morning, some were at night. Well, sometimes you're part of both, you know, you'd have to do the morning crew and the night crew. So like you go from not wrestling at all to maybe wrestling five matches in a day, you know, or, you know, 10 matches in a, uh, three days to back to nothing back to, you know, cause everything was shut down. And that's when my hip really started to go. Okay. And that's when the office noticed it and uh yeah. delirious who, who not only was the booker, but he's a friend of mine. He came over to me. and He's like, what, what is going on here? And and I told him, I said, this is what's going on. But he's like, well, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to get you through and stuff like that. And then after, everything was done. We went to Jay Briscoe's funeral. Obviously there was a lot of the ring of honor guys there. Every single one came up was, are you getting it fixed now? Like you don't have, and I, and I had scheduled surgery at that point. And I said, yeah. And you could just see everybody so happy. And, and cause they could see me at the end. I, I just stopped masking the pain. You know, it was like, I'm not, they know I'm hurt. You know, I'm just not going to mask it. And on the indie shows, I try to hide it and blow it off. Like, Oh, I just, I have a limp, you know? And then these last, the last, when I started announcing the surgery is when I'm, I stopped masking it and like, yeah. And like, that's when the fans started to notice and, and come up and, and, you know, and that was a really good feeling because they'd come up and they'd say, you know, I do an autograph signing and be like, man, please get fixed. We'd rather have you doing these than watching you get in the ring and being hurt. And and my work changed too. I, I changed from doing different things because there's just things I couldn't do with the bad hip.
1: So, after Ring of Honor gets sold to Tony Khan, I was surprised I didn't see you as a presence over there just because how, how you and Brian had just become so synonymous right. with the product there towards the end. Did the injury or, or what you were going through play into the decision for, for you to not to keep up there? Or did you ever have conversations? What, what happened there with Ring of Honor?
0: It factored into it. Um, I had conversations with QT, Christopher Daniels. I had met Tony a couple times and I had conversations with them. Yeah. Um, they, they brought Brian in um, for a couple things and and my name came up and the bouncers came up and we kind of left it at hey, get your hip fixed and let's see where you're at after that got it and and that's how it was because I was talking to WWE too so they had said the same thing get your hip fixed and let's see where you're at you know so I wasn't hiding it at that point I, I decided at that point that, you know, I've done a lot in my wrestling career. You know, I've literally done everything on my bucket list. I was one of the, you know, Ring of Honor ran Madison Square Garden. I was about the- to say, man, oh, I was yeah. looking back
1: at your career and I was like, dude, Matt- yeah. Bruiser played the garden. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I was there for that. I remember that.
0: And when I was having a hard time dealing with what to do next, my wife actually is the one that pulled up like the li- a list that I'd made, a bucket list. And she goes, you did this. You did this. You did the. There's nothing left on that list. Yeah. She goes, You've done something a lot of guys can't do, and you've accomplished everything you set out to do. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that is true. You know, so, so it's like I had that new feeling where now wrestling's always been fun for me, but I decided that if I do, if the, if the doctor clears me to go back in full time ring, one, I won't be the way I was before. I'm not going to go as hard as I was, but I'm going to do it more for fun. And, and I want to do it for like major companies and, and have a good time. If that's in front of the camera, if it's behind the camera doing production stuff, I'll still, I mean, I'll give it my all no matter what. But my main goal right now is backstage stuff. I want to focus on helping the future and, and training these young kids and using what I learned at Ring of Honor production-wise and bringing that forward to some of these companies. Yeah. So that's my main focus where the ring stuff is kind of the, if they need an older guy to come out, you know, if they want the bouncers to come in for a run for nostalgia, we'll do it. You know what I mean? But my main focus is backstage stuff.
1: Well, and I'm happy to hear you say that, Bruiser, because it's genuine. I know with you uh, having just spent time around you. I know that a lot of the the the, the boys, whatever the, the roster wrestlers, they have a lot of respect for you. You know, when you give out advice, it's certainly taken to heart. Uh, I believe it was you were trained by Harley Race, if I'm not mistaken, right? I was. Yep. Yeah. And it, you carry that kind of cachet of like this journeyman wrestler kind of like <laughs> has done it all kind of business. Um, I'm really hard to hear that is have you gotten the vibe that there's an openness on behalf of the big companies to, to letting you backstage to work in that
0: capacity? I've gotten a lot of vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I, cause I've been honest, you know what I mean? I don't think they get that a lot. I think a lot of they're used to what I did before a, a beforehand where you're trying to get that contract and I hid the injury where now I'm like, Hey, I'm getting my hip fixed on this day. I don't know if in ring is there but I'm producing and I'm training, you know, I have I've, I have a bunch of students right now, you know, and, and this is my example now, like, here's a show that I produced, here's kids that I've trained, you know, and, and they're doing well. And, and if you look at the production between this show and this show, I wasn't at this show producing, but this show I was producing. And so like, I've gotten a lot of positive vibes from, from major companies because, and like I said, I think it's cause I was honest right off the bat, like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm I'm old for one, I'm getting older. For two, I had this injury, but my brain's still there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Arn Anderson when his when he stopped, the first thing he did is went backstage. Yeah. You know, and I've gotten to know Arn since moving to North Carolina, and he's actually helped me a lot make that transition from from you know thinking as a wrestler to thinking as an agent or a producer. And I was doing production stuff in Ring of Honor before they shut down. I talked to Hunter. Uh, delirious beforehand, you know, when the injury is getting worse, and he's like, "Well, let's move you over to production and see what you can do." And then he saw that I have the the thought process for it, and he's like, "Okay." And so I was I was shadowing guys like Billy uh, Bully Ray when he was there. I was shadowing you know Delirious when he was there, um, when Joey Mercury was there. I was shadowing him, BJ Whitmer. You know, and I was just shadowing these guys, watching what they do, and just learning. You know, so now that I'm uh, I've done about Seven or eight shows uh one of them was an all women's show you know it was that ladies night out where there's 30 women's matches so i had to produce an agent 30 women matches you wow.
1: know okay and,
0: and it went really well and and i'm you know um the, the companies i've been talking to you know they're like you know email us once a month let us know what you're doing and i just sent an email out you know yesterday saying hey this is it here's what i've been doing here's the surgeries done and, and it's just cool keep in contact you know so
1: you give me a, you give me energy, and this is probably not surprising because I'm sure you guys did like a ton of shows together. But Scrap Iron Adam Pierce uh, oh, yeah. is is a guy that, you know, really found a way for himself backstage. I mean, former NWA World Champion, another Midwest guy like yourself, right? And yep. like, uh, look, look how much he's given to the business now. I don't know if it resonates when I when I compare you to Pierce like that.
0: It does because I've always looked up to Pierce. You know, being a Midwest guy myself, I was always on shows with Pierce, and and and. Pierce today, I still consider a friend, you know, and, and, you know, I, for my, when I started training, I, I text him or I text a Steve Carino, um, and say, Hey, what drills are you guys doing? I have the Harley drills, you know what I mean? Like, but these kids, they want to get to the next level. So I, I knew what the ring of honor tryout, uh, drills were. What is this? What are some of these WWE tryout drills that I can have these kids start working on now? Yeah. What are, you know, um, talking to qt what are some of the stuff you do that you look for when they do an aew trial and and so like um pierce goes man you're you're really smart doing that. and pierce that's what you did you you talk to who you knew to figure out what you could do to make yourself better yeah that's just what i'm doing and in the process of making me better i can teach these young kids where if these young kids get signed and they go who trained you and they see the beer city bruiser that's a check mark in my box, yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I, I'm getting big Danny cage vibes right now too. You know, there's that certain spark when you realize you can oh, yeah. mold talent and, you know, bring them to that next level like that.
0: Da- Danny's right. another one I'm talking to all the time. Like, what are you doing at the factory? What can I incorporate here that you're doing at the factory? And, and it's vice versa. Uh, Dr. Tom's another one. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my students that's here, she started with Dr. Tom and then came to me and, and I, I'm, sharing drills back and forth with Dr. Tom and what we need to look for and stuff like that. And Dr. Tom's probably the greatest wrestling trainer of all time. Yes. You know, Danny Cage is right up there too. And, and, you know, Danny even said, Hey, when your hips, when you're fixed and you can fly, come out here, I don't so, know if you can work, but just come out here. I'm, let's, let's work together. And I said, sure.
1: So you brought up the idea of doing more once your hip is fixed. So what is the, what is the recovery timeline look like for this bruiser?
0: So they're telling me between three and six months, um, oh, okay. To to kind of get back to normal, it'd be a year before it's like completely a part of my body. Um, let's see, I had it Thursday the 29th. Here we are. It's it's about a week and a week and a day since then. I'm still walking with a walker, but I, uh, my physical therapist says you don't need that. But I can't clear you. Your doctor has to. Sure. Um, she's like, I don't see why you can't be using a cane right now. And um, she had told me today actually that I'm on a really good schedule. Um, I'm, I'm doing really well. My problem was I like to push myself as hard as I can. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna do it. And, and that, that comes from wrestling, you know what I mean? Because you knew me back in the day when oh, yeah. I started, you had to be six foot four, 240 pounds of solid jacked up muscle. And I was a 300 pound toothless fat kid. <laughs>
1: what <are you> talk- <laughs> you know? We can't all be Robert Ego Anthony. It's fine. Exactly. Okay. It's
0: exactly. Yeah. So I'd always gotten, well, you're going to hear no a lot. Okay. Well that nose is going to motivate me to be, to get that. Yes. And so with PT, I'm doing all that. She says you have to slow down or you're not going to progress. This is a type of surgery that if you go too hard, it actually regresses you. So I had to change my mindset again, you know, of okay. I only can do these twice a day. You know, I only can walk around for this long. Okay. I'm going to follow that. And, and I did something that my wife I've never done before. My wife loves it. I told her, I says, you're in control. If you think I'm doing something too hard, tell me to pull back. I won't argue I'll pull back, you know? And I, she's like, are you sure? I said, you're the only one that's going to keep me on track. And this is important to you, to you guys as much as it is to me, you know, so you tell me if I'm, if I'm going too hard, you know, don't yell at me. Just say bruiser, pull it back and I'll pull it back. And and it's worked out so far and I'm, I'm on a really good schedule. So oh,
1: man, well, I'm happy to hear that bruiser. Well, uh, where do you want to send people right now? If they want to go find you, support you, all those great things.
0: I'm on Twitter at BCB Winchester. Uh, Facebook is the beer city bruiser. I'm also on Instagram beer city bruiser, uh, cameo beer city bruiser pro wrestling tees.com slash beer city bruiser um and then i do a podcast too with my buddy tim i've been doing that for the last year and a half and it's called darkness radio um darkness radio show.com is where you can find it we talk about true crime and everything like paranormal and spooky
1: oh my absolute favorite man i'm i'm all (laughs) i'm i gotta finish i gotta catch up on secret of skinwalker ranch that's my that's my catch-up today
0: so good and and the way he came to me is he's like there's a lot of Crossover between wrestling, comic books, paranormal, true crime. I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You want to try this?" And I said, "Yeah." And it just—it was a natural fit, you know.
1: All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of the show here today. Uh, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining us. Thank you uh, very much to Beer City Bruiser. That was a wonderful interview. Uh, and thank you to Premier Streaming Network for hosting us all-, all today here. We love having House of Wrestling built on the foundation that is Premier Streaming Network here. And of course, if you enjoyed the show in video form, we also release it in audio form about an hour or so after it debuts here. Over on Premier Streaming Network, you could go over to the podcast feed, find this occasionally. I drop specials there as well. Uh, give it a nice review, nice rating, all that stuff if you like it. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday. My co host is going to be the Hall of Fames, Brad Gilmore. Him and Booker T, uh, they record every week. This week, Brad's going to take a little time to talk to me here. Uh, me, Brad, and then of course, I'll be dropping my WWE Money in the Bank media junket interview with Zelina Vega. And uh, I had a chance to finally talk to Zelina about wwe signing a new twitch deal which was something i've wanted to talk to her about because i'm pretty sure she left the company over her twitch deal at one yeah. point <laughs> so, it's a good talk it was a yeah. real good talk actually so come back thursday for me selena and brad um and just i just wanted to say thank you here this what we've been seeing a real increase in traffic over on the site and i know it's you know, because the Google search spiders are finding us but I know it's because a lot of you all are as well and you're sharing the articles and I really appreciate it um, Stephanie anything you want to plug promote, put over here before we wrap up today
2: just go follow me on Twitter at Stephanie and go check out my YouTube which is Stephanie Chis Wrestling
1: awesome and uh, yeah I'm at Nick underscore Hausman we're at Wrestling House we're on threads people we did it we've given up all of our privacy for you to enjoy our content um, it's been wonderful having you here Willow loves scraps. Grab your shoes. Grab your hat. Get out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime.